afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, for some in the Western world, considering the divine as feminine not only seems impossible, so ingrained have we become with the masculine archetypal God, but for some it's thought to be blasphemy. But in the history of sacred wisdom, the divine is often found in the feminine archetype. Our guest today, Megan Don, is the author of The New Divine Feminine, in which she describes several methods, several stories, and many meditations for accessing the divine feminine. Why would we need to do that? Well, one answer is that wisdom itself is found in the sacred text as Sophia is feminine in nature. Another is that feminine archetypes lead us inward to find our deepest authentic selves. If you're seeking a deeper union with the divine, this show is for you. So I want to tell you a little bit about Megan Don. She's an initiate of the Sophian lineage and the founder and leading guide of the Gnostic Grace Circle. She's an award-winning author with the books Meditations with Teresa Avila, A Journey into the Sacred, Sacred Companions, Sacred Community, Reflections with Claire of Assisi, and her latest publication, The New Divine Feminine, Spiritual Evolution for a Woman's Soul, the subject of today's show. Megan is a beloved retreat presenter and spiritual mentor, bringing humor, insight, and deep soul assistance for the raising of confidence in the feminine nature to join harmoniously with the masculine. Megan has taught at Esalen and Omega Institutes, interfaith training organizations, and numerous church denominations. She's currently creating the founder, the foundation, excuse me, for the Sanctuary of Sophia, a center for the awakened feminine and eco-spiritual community. You can learn more about her and her work at www.gnosticgrace.com. That's Gnostic with a G, G-N-O-S-T-I-C, Grace, gnosticgrace.com. So welcome, Megan, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Andrea. It's absolutely wonderful to be with you. Well, I'm looking forward for a good talk. I have read your book page by page, and I have really enjoyed the read, and it's it's actually helped my journey as well. So I really appreciate that, and I appreciate the work that you're doing to bring the Divine Feminine into consciousness. So thank you for that. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's been a, a long road for me also, <laughs> coming into the consciousness of the feminine, and it's also been a great gift uh, that I've been given with this work. So I'm just grateful to be able to share it and to help empower others. Yes. Well, that is one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, was how you got uh, started in your journey to the Divine Feminine. You know, I, even though I was not raised Catholic, I always had a very strong connection with Mother Mary. And um, that just sort of evolved over time. And then through that, I got introduced to the, the, the mystics, the women mystics. So, and then from there, it was um, back into... Uh, Mary Magdalene, and uh, exploring very, very deeply uh, that Gnostic wisdom tradition of Christianity that got lost along the way. So it's been a a beautiful journey in and through different uh, divine personas, and um, of course the main point being to access that wisdom within myself and within all of us. Yes. So you're an initiate of the Sophian lineage. Can you tell us what that means? Uh, Yes. Um, This was a a very deep training that I did with a uh, small lineage out in California. And uh, this lineage is, um, you know, very much a wisdom tradition in that it works with the Gnostic Gospels, the you know, like the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Philip, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, and uh, is very much about the equality of the feminine and the masculine, and teaches that uh, the divine feminine is absolutely a, a 
very real part of our being and nature, a very real part of uh, the divine nature, just as it is with the masculine. So um, I felt very fortunate. It also went very deeply into the Kabbalistic tradition. And um, so from there, I came back out. I always knew that that was a particular period of time I would go very deeply. And now, you know, coming back out and and making those teachings accessible uh, to folks so that they can learn about them. For many years, they were just orally handed down in the tradition. So... um, you know, it's it's as we know, it's the time of the feminine rising. So I I feel like why should the Christian tradition miss out? Because it's definitely there. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I want to talk a little bit about Gnosticism. You know, you talk, you mentioned the Gospels of uh, Philip and and uh, Mary Magdalene, and and I and I and I think that's part of it. And I think some of our listening audience may know some of those things about Gnostic. May may be familiar with those texts. But I wanted hmm. to ask a little bit about Gnosticism in general, what, what, and 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 at, particularly as it can be used today. What, what what is it about Gnosticism that might be a little bit different from your mainstream Christianity? Well, um, it goes into the uh, sort of more deeper esoteric teachings. So it's understood that um, you know a lot of the gospel teachings were for your kind of, shall we say, average person who wasn't necessarily uh, devoted to a spiritual life. So they were teachings of how to, um, you know, live a good life. Uh, And these Gnostic teachings were a deeper understanding of wisdom of the soul, a deeper understanding of the different... um, shall we say, levels of consciousness. So for those who were completely dedicating their life to the journey of the soul and the spirit, um, and so it's, it's also very hard to sort of say it's a blanket Gnosticism because they were actually many, many different sects and uh, had very, you know, different emphases, which is why we get the different Gnostic uh, Gospels. They each have a different emphases. Um, And, you know, sometimes there are some pretty strange and outlandish things that can also come under the umbrella. But if we understand that Gnosis means the one who can experience... So it's really in some ways very similar to mystic because it's about direct experience Um, and also, you know, going much deeper into the mysteries like the death and dying mysteries, you know, the feminine mysteries, you know, the mysteries of the mother. So they just take one to a deeper level. I heard somebody say, oh, this is the university of Christianity. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and so it's that deeper look, and it's that deeper grace, and it's that deeper experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about the grace circle that you're doing? What is that? Um, this is a, a circle which actually the, uh, the people involved come from all different states in the United States, and um, we meet online uh, for a, uh, a study, a course every month, and we also do private mentoring, um, and then we gather together uh, for physical retreats together. Um, there's a lot of support for one another, so, you know... Um, what I have found over, over the years is there's this beautiful sisterhood and companionship where they can share their thoughts, their beliefs, their vulnerabilities, their insecurities, their empowerment, their uh, growth, and are very supportive of one another. Many of them do belong to, uh, say, unity churches or other 
you know, perhaps they have another spiritual group they belong to, but I think for many of them, this is the core where they get the deep teachings and the deep commitment and the deep companionship. And it's beautiful, Andrea, when we get together because they just love each other so much. <laughs> and, and we go very deeply together and our retreats are full you know, full of uh, meditation, full of really contacting their true nature and their what we call the holy soul, the true nature, um, contacting all of that within them that, that needs healing. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, healing of womanhood that goes on in those retreats. Um, and there's a lot of liberation of the old patterns that have bound them for so long. So that's what we are about. It's it's almost like this beautiful psycho-spiritual journey together where we're moving in and through the psyche and what needs to be released and we're moving into the power of the spirit and, and realizing that we are these royal uh, beings of the spirit nature. And so it's all about the fullness of our embodiment, which I think the feminine is really about. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm so glad you're doing that. Okay, so let's talk a little mm. bit about the feminine why did you write the book the new divine feminine what were you wanted to convey to us more than anything else well interestingly enough it you know people also come to me for private retreats and the woman who had worked with me for a while um she came and i started to talk about the seven faces of the feminine and this is based on a uh, a legend of Mary Magdalene from the Sophian lineage that uh, Mary Magdalene also had a transfiguration experience along with Jesus or Yeshua. Uh, but her transfiguration was a different experience. Hers was a revealing of the multidimensional nature of the feminine. And that is in the way of the the daughter, the mother, the crone, and the pure radiant awareness, and and the light and the dark face of each. So when she, this particular woman, came on private retreat, I I brought forward some of these archetypes, and I started to speak about them. And she just said to me, "I really want to know about these." And so that is where the inspiration came from. It's like, yes, these have not been written about in in a book form. So, you know, uh, let me do that. And and also, here's something, too, about the Gnostic, that one takes the teachings one has been given, one goes deeply into the experience, and then one comes out and shares that experience. And it might be slightly different from how it was taught to you, because each one of us is going to experience it slightly differently. And that's also what I see in our circle, that we're all doing the same meditation, and of course we all have a slightly different experience, but of that same energy. So, you know, uh, one question by this woman um, uh, started the whole process of the book, which I'm very grateful for. Yes, well, that that was a uh, quite synchronistic there. That was a, a way of kind of sort of pushing your own feminine to do what was real inside of you. So one of the things you yeah. do with the you bring out those seven faces in several different characters, feminine characters, in order to teach readers how to get in touch with the feminine divine. And I'm going to just name mm-hmm. a few of those, uh, and and we'll talk about those over the period of time. Um, and uh, I wanted uh, well, the first one I wanted to mention was Eve, who is generally mm-hmm. considered by mainstream Christianity to be a problem. Eve is a problem character in mainstream Christianity, and and a lot of our history with regard to how fem- the feminine has been treated, so both psychologically and literally physically, has come from that idea that Eve is sort of a problem. So tell us why you chose her and what does she give us of the Divine Feminine? Sure. Yeah, well, you know, I've got to say, straight off, Andrea, that it's a travesty how Eve has been portrayed. And, of course, we have to understand Eve lives within every single one of us. 
you know. So, so it's like, oh, I keep seeing again and again women having a problem with being good enough or having done something wrong. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I always trace it back to that first bite <laughs> of the apple and how it's been portrayed. And so um, what I bring forth here is a very different story in that she did nothing wrong. In that, in fact, what she was doing was opening the way for the consciousness of humanity, for the wisdom of the feminine to be uh, explored, to be entered into, to evolve. She was opening the way for the consciousness of humanity. And so, um, you know, for me, Eve... We need to reclaim Eve and to find her natural innocence, her natural inquisitiveness, her curiosity, her desire to, to uh, bring forth wisdom for humanity, her, her courage to step into something completely unknown and to take that risk and to open the door. Um, we need to reclaim her purity. We need to reclaim the light of her being. Um, so, you know, this is a big part of, of, of what I look at uh, throughout in the story because she's within us. And, and if we have a problem with Eve and if we still think she's done something wrong like we've all been taught, then we've got a problem with us. Yes. I say time for a new story. <laughs> yes, yes. And I love the way you've put, you've put the story in your book. You've written all of that very well. And, it's, and it, what is interesting there to me is that the argument against what you've said is that she sinned by going against what God told her to do. So how do you, you know, we just have a few minutes left before the break, but how do you explain that? You know, we've got to understand that these uh, these myths and stories were written by men a long time ago and who were very afraid of the power of women. So we have to be careful what we believe. Um, and also perhaps there was a different rendition of, uh, you know, God not, not forbidding but actually uh, speaking out and, and opening a doorway, you know. So we have to be careful that, yes, the story is written a certain way. So we go, oh, well, how do we get around that? And I say, well, I think we need a whole new story because we do have to remember that was written by men who did not want the power of woman to rise. Right, right. Absolutely, and and translations are, differ with regard to what that what's the real meaning of that war. I think of that as a warning that uh, that God gave to Adam and Eve that if you do this, this is what you're going to experience. He wasn't necessarily saying don't do it. He was saying, here's what you're going to experience when you do that, and I, I think that that's been right. proved true. So that that's a real different translation, and that's a you know you're right that those translations do make a difference. So we got to take a break now. But we'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Megan Don. So stay here. This is going to be a very interesting show. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. If you're lost in the dating world and need GPS, if you're stuck in dating hell and can't get out, if you're in need of a dating intervention, then Done Being Single with host Trevor and Robbie Sharp is your lifeline to love. From hookups to happily ever after, learn how to navigate single life and find the one. Tune in to Done Being Single Saturdays, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Megan Don, the author of The New Divine Feminine. And what we've just discovered is that uh, there's a whole new story about Eve, one that we don't hear in mainstream religion uh, mainstream Western religion, which is generally Christianity, and we uh, and what we've said is that the, the new story uh, based in the idea that uh, the translations were written by men, or the books was written by men, and then the translations were done by men, and there was a big fear of feminine power, and and also added that you know the translation was seen with with God telling them don't do this if you do this it's a sin but actually he was actually just saying if you do this this is what's going to happen to your psychology and uh and your spirituality and that is what has happened we have sort of been we've sort of taken on this new consciousness of dualism and uh so we feel like we're separate from the divine and what what you're saying megan is that is that uh, all of these characters are in us, so we're sort of one with all of these different faces of the feminine. Is that correct? Um, I actually lost you for a little moment there. I didn't hear anything of that. You just came in right at the last. Sorry. Okay, I don't know what happened there, but sorry about that break. Um, What I was saying was I was just sort of reviewing what we went over over in the last segment, but I also was just saying that the feminine... That you, that you believe, it seems to me, that, that um, all of these seven faces of feminine are in all of us, so that we're one with the feminine divine. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that this is very particular with the feminine, you know, that the, the masculine is more um, kind of uh, singular, and uh, the feminine has this multi-dimensionality. Um, so just on a, you know, <laughs> very practical level, you might find that that's why women are much better at multitasking. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, yeah, so uh, we're not here, I want to be clear that the men who are listening to this, we're not disparaging your masculinity, but we are looking at the other side. And we want to really... Absolutely. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Because what I'm also saying in, in my book here, Andrea, of course, is that in order for the feminine and the masculine to come into unity within each one of us, um, that, that the feminine must be fully embodied. And the same, the masculine must be fully embodied. So it is very much a, a peacekeeping effort and an effort to bring back the original harmony and complementarity of, of how we were created to be. Right, 
Right, and we were created to be the complex beings that we are, but also to be remember that we are one with the divine. So we want to talk a little bit, Megan, today about Lilith as well. Now, Lilith is a character that some people know about and other people don't, but she's sort of the dark Eve. And I want to I want to talk about Lilith a little bit. So you can tell us tell us Lilith's story and and then why she, why you chose her for this part of the divine feminine. Sure, sure. Well, in, actually, this this comes from the uh, Hebrew tradition and the Kabbalistic tradition, as well as the Gnostic, that Lilith was actually the first wife of Adam. So this is kind of uh, interesting. It's like, what? There was a wife before Eve? (laughs) And it was like, yes, she was in fact the first woman who was created. And she was created uh, at the same time, uh, not from the rib of Adam, but she was created in that first creation story at the same time to become uh, a you know, was fully equal and was actually destined uh, to become in full unification with Adam, uh, with in, in peace and harmony. So, in fact, this was the initial, you know, divine imperative was Adam and Lilith were destined to be that sacred couple. Um, now, there is a little story, which is kind of very interesting, that Lilith was extremely powerful. Lilith was in her full womanhood. She actually, in her creation, had both the, the light and the dark within her. And by that, I mean she had that beautiful innocence and purity and curiosity of Eve, and she had the wildness, she had the creativity, she had that sort of independence uh, of being and power of Lilith. And these were both married beautifully in her. And so the the, the story goes that, uh, you know, she and Adam would be making love, and Adam was always on top. And and she said to Adam one day, you know, this is getting a little boring. Uh, let's get creative. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's let me get on top. And uh, and Adam was horrified, and actually Adam was in fear. He was in fear that he was going to lose his power. Um, and so he kept saying, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't do that. Um, and then uh, eventually Lilith got angry because her creativity, her very essence, her very power was being stifled. And so, um, you know, in the story it goes, she... she spoke a word of power, a word of God, and flew off into the desert. Um, And there began the kind of, if you like, the shadow. There began the anger and the, the, what we can say, our own little demons that we breed when we get angry and go off. Uh, This was what happened. Um, And so from that story, uh, Adam Actually, then, then Eve is created, and then she becomes submissive to uh, Adam, and that angers Lilith even more. So then we get a war going on between Lilith and Eve, and Lilith and Adam. So there we can see, oh, there is the split in our being. There is the split between the feminine herself, and there is the split between the masculine and feminine. Yes, and that can be described as metaphor, or we can take that story literally. Either way, it has the same impact. That it is, it is really, it really is what happened when Eve uh, ate of that apple. Is that there? There was a split, and uh, and it, that's in our psychology between ourselves and the divine, and we began to see ourselves as separate from the divine, and that's kind of what you're yeah. saying here. That- split between the divine and, and how we see ourselves as people. So that's a psychological and a spiritual split. Yeah. And, and there's also another beautiful little piece there that, you know, of course it was the snake uh, that 
tempted Eve. And there's another little story about actually that snake was Lilith. <laughs> so that opens a whole other beautiful realm of the vast, deep, dark wisdom of the feminine. So it goes beyond our shadow. It goes beyond the psychological. It steps right into the cosmic nature of the feminine, and if you like, the great cosmic womb. So uh, in many ways, the snake was personifying that. And of course, we know from mythology, from ancient times, and in many cultures, the snake is personified as wisdom. It's only in our Christian culture that, you know, the poor snake was vilified and and, uh, claimed as the evil one. Yes. Yes, yes, I, I yes, I totally agree with that. So, if the snake was e- uh, Lilith, then what she's trying to do is open up our consciousness. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And to bring a wisdom that was particularly for the human being to enter. You know, like a wisdom that had not been entered into prior to that. A wisdom that was destined to evolve. Um, So, you know, here we have it as a gift rather than as some kind of evil deed. Right, right. Okay, I would love to spend hours and hours talking about Lilith because I think she's fascinating. But but I want to move on to, uh, you talk about... The mother of God. Can you say something about that as a divine, the uh, fe- face of the divine feminine? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, there is a, a beautiful understanding of this mother of God as the one who experiences great joy and the one who experiences great sorrow. So the joy of the mother's heart, that, that's, or if you like, the sacred heart of the mother, is the joy of seeing her children, and we are all her children, um, coming into their evolution of their nature and coming closer to the truth of who they are. And the sorrow, of course, is the deep sadness that this mother sees and feels in her compassionate heart for when we lose sight of who we are, for all the injustice that happens on our earth, for all of the minorities of of people who are uh, persecuted, you know. So this mother is understood as being this great compassion who actually is understood to give birth to all beings. No matter what their consciousness, no matter what they're doing in this life, and it's a real lesson for each of us to also enter into that compassionate heart. No matter what people are saying, or what they're believing, or what they're not believing, but to come with full respect of and understanding that each one of those are a child of the Divine Mother. So that's one aspect. (laughs) Yes, so when you talk about the Mother of God, you're not necessarily talking about Mary as the Mother of Jesus. You're talking about, you know, uh, a bigger, a much bigger, much more cosmic Mother of God. Yes, one could say uh, the Great Mother. Um, And one could say that Mother Mary... Um, you know, this is another misunderstanding that everybody, you know, we were taught that Mother Mary was this sort of simple uh, village girl, you know, that it just so happened this archangel visited her and this enormously uh, unbelievable soul of Jesus came through her. And it's like, well, actually, that's not really true. Mother Mary was actually a spiritual adept. Um, and so... We also understand that Mother Mary um, evolved tremendously through her journey 
uh, and and so she does enter into this incredible place of of um, what they call in the Kabbalistic bina, which is the divine understanding and the divine wisdom of the feminine. So she, uh, we can say, she opens the door for us as as the humans to be able to also. Uh, without, with, with, with a lot of time and uh, vigilance, also enter into that greater divine feminine wisdom. Yes, yes. Well, I want to move to something a little bit different now. Uh, you talk about rage in this book, and I, I, this right now in this time of the Me Too movement, I think that's so, very relevant. Um, I'm and, not uh, hearing you. <laughs> Okay, you talk about sexual rage in the book. Can you hear me oh, now? Yeah. And uh, in this and in this time of the Me Too movement, I think that's really very relevant. So I wanted to. Uh, we don't yeah. have but about a few minutes before the break, but I want to at least start talking about that topic. Sure, sure. You know, I think that this is a smoldering, Andrea, in every single woman. Um. Whether one has been uh, abused or raped or uh, not, uh, I think that there's different levels of this sexual rage uh, of um, where people have been belittled, people have been, women have been, uh, you know, put down because of their feminine nature. Um, they've been treated so disrespectfully. And I believe that this, this, I mean, my own journey with this was enormous, and it still is when I, when I see others, uh, you know, entering into this territory. However, I've got to say that if we can allow that rage to come forth um, in a way that we can allow ourselves to feel it first, and because that, the one thing I've noticed is that women are not very comfortable with their anger, let alone rage. Um, and so it, it, they stifle it, and then it comes out in all of the wrong places at all of the wrong times. So in this way, there's a conscious entering into it, a conscious feeling of it, and knowing that we need to feel it in order to liberate that energy. And that energy can then uh, become such a a force. It can become uh, that the will kicks in and creates change. The the voice can come out. Um, And so it's a huge liberation if we can have the courage to feel it and let it move through us, let it be transformed. And in this way, we're not only helping ourselves, but we're helping all who are still uh, walking that pathway, who have been quiet for so long. Um, and so I always talk about this in the book, too, that when we experience a liberation, immediately say a prayer and let that liberation go out to all who are needing it in that moment. And I can I can say from experience, I've seen that prayer go out and help others, definitely. Yes, absolutely. You said that very beautifully. I appreciate the way you said that. And I think that it's really true that we we need to learn how to sit with rage and let it let it talk to us and let it let it inform us of what's really true inside of us, and then we can find some way to express it, not in a way that's damaging to other people's or to ourselves, but but in a way that is uh, 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 building consciousness. So that's definitely true, and thank you so much for the way you said that. We're going to take another break now, mm-hmm. and we'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Megan Don. Stay tuned. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Broaden your mind. 
Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simran, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. If you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time, you're ready to tune in for Radical Change Now with Dr. Mary Oz. It's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package. You'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories, offer solutions to life's challenges, and much more. With Dr. Mary's approach, even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show. Listen live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back talking today to Megan Don about her book, uh, The New Divine Feminine. And what we just got through talking about in the last segment was uh, this thing about sexual rage. And we're seeing a lot of that in this Me Too movement. And I saw, uh, so I want to talk about that some more before we leave today. But uh, before we do that, I want to give you a chance, Megan, to tell our listening audience how they might connect with you and what maybe you got some events coming up that you can share with us and uh, let us know about that. Sure. Um, uh, if they go to the website, that's the best, gnosticgrace.com. That's G-N-O-S-T-I-C, grace.com. And uh, there's retreats uh, that are listed there. I think most uh, prevalent to this conversation is that next month, October 15th, I am starting an online course of the study of the New Divine Feminine. And it's actually a study that goes for eight months, but it's only uh, once a month. And we study one of these seven faces every month and then the eight months to, uh, you know, draw it all together. And you can uh, take this course from your living room. Uh, it's a very easy course, a uh, Zoom program. And um, I would invite all who are interested to take a look at that. And uh, early bird rates are closing soon, but for those who come from the from this show, I will extend that till the end of the month. Um, I also have a retreat coming up um, November 30th through December 2nd in Connecticut at a beautiful retreat center, Birthing into Peace, um, Finding Our Natural Peace Within, and the, a very important one, December 14th to the 16th at the Holy Cross Monastery in upstate New York on the banks of the Hudson, the lovingly fierce nature of the Divine Mother. So a beautiful uh, time to come in before Christmas and get a little sanity and really connect in with that loving nature of the mother and also her fierceness. And that fierceness is being able to stand your ground, stand your boundaries, have your voice, uh, and and uh, not give way and not hide. So perhaps very perfect for just before Christmas and family. Uh, and um, for anyone who's in the Woodstock, New York area, I'm doing a, a mini workshop on the 21 aspects of Sophia, September 20. Uh, and I'll also be at the uh, World Parliament of Religions on a panel on the Saturday, November 3rd, uh, New Feminine Forms of Spirituality. So uh, I think that's 
that's all coming up. But yes, that online course available for anyone to join in from home. Thank you, uh, Andrea. Well, beautiful. I'm so glad to, for the work you're doing. I think that's, you know, I'm sure that's having an impact in, on the psychology of the collective, and I'm really glad you're doing this work. And speaking of the collective, mm-hmm. this Me Too movement really is a collective movement now, and it's it speaks to something about the collective consciousness. And I wanted to see if you had any kind of notions about what you think is going on there with this Me Too movement. You know, it feels to me like an eruption um, of the feminine psyche of centuries. It feels to me like uh, the feminine psyche is saying, enough with shame, enough with silence, enough with disrespect, enough with uh, objectifying us. It's saying uh, we uh, are these magnificent human beings who need to be respected and honored. And, um, you know, I also feel like it's, it's allowing that voice of the feminine to finally come out and say no, no more. Yes. Um, so, to me, it feels like a huge eruption and um, I'm, I'm very happy for it and I just hope my hope is there will be healing healing for all you know healing for those who have suffered and healing for those who have perpetrated because there is ignorance and there is you know the cultural bias, and there is, uh, you know, it, it, it's an accumulation, it feels to me, of, of, you know, humanity's ignorance now coming to light. So, uh, you know, I feel if we can all heal, that uh, this, this is important. So, to have compassion for all involved. Yes. Yes, I totally agree with that. Uh, we don't want to just pass the shame around, pass the blame around. We just want, we want to find a way no. to change the psychology of the collective. Yes. Yeah, most definitely. You know, so that original Adam and Lilith and Eve can come back into harmony, you know, within mm-hmm. each one of us, uh, whether women or men, um, because that to me, it feels to me is... is such a need for peace on our planet yes yes indeed yes indeed absolutely so when we talk about consciousness you use the term in your book feminine intelligence what do you mean by that been a a query of mine for many years andrea (laughs) (laughs) and and it is like yes what exactly is the feminine intelligence um, for me, it, it, I really go into the Kabbalistic understanding of uh, divine understanding, divine knowledge, and divine wisdom. So when we can bring these three together, where we have deep understanding, deep sacred knowledge, and a deep inner soul wisdom, that to me is talking about the feminine intelligence. Okay, so it is a union of those three, knowledge. It um, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, in, in that way what, we're... What we're, I've found too, oh sorry, what I've found too is that we can intuitively feel things, but uh, we, also, we also need to have a certain sacred knowledge to, to surround that as well and to become articulate. And we need a soul wisdom to to temper that, um, to, you know, bring the different qualities through. Yes, yes, yes. I, I like the psychology of a combination of different elements of the psychology rather than just one of the things that I see so much in the sort of split-off psychology is that there's this deep uh, divide between good and evil that has us dividing the masculine and the feminine and the and the holy and the mm. unholy all of that, and it keeps us divided instead of keeping us united. Can you say something about that? Yeah. 
Um, yes, well, um, I think that that's the whole purpose of this book, is to draw us back into our wholeness and to move away from the separation that's, you know, that has been part of our culture. Um, so, you know, always beginning with ourselves and, and how do I draw in all of who I am and not disregarding anything, you know. I mean, even to the point of the, the ego, you know, we, we've been bashing the ego and, and trying to get rid of it. And it's like, well, how about we love it, you know? Yes. How about yes. we love it? How about we love what has been trying to take care of us and draw it in to the larger nature of who we are so that it is encompassed. It's not discarded or exiled. So, I, you know, that's a big part of the book is to draw every part of ourselves back in and know that all are loved and lovable. Yes, absolutely. I, I want to say amen, sister, because that is so true. I think we've, we've got a spiritual movement out there that's teaching us that the ego is bad in, the, in a similar fashion to the way mainstream religion teaches that Satan is bad. And uh, and the snake was evil, and that Lilith is evil, and Eve is evil, and and we've we've split off into a, a consciousness of good or evil, and and that's not helping us to to get to that place where we understand that ourselves as wholeness, or as one with right. the divine. No, no, absolutely not. No. In fact, I wrote a, an article about this uh, for Watkins Magazine in London, uh, and really felt that you know. We need a new myth. We cannot keep perpetuating this old myth of good and evil. Because whatever myth we're perpetuating, that's what we're living. And that's what we're living, that's what we're perpetuating. So, you know, we need need a whole new vision, a whole new story. Yes, and thank you for your part in giving us that story. You've done a really good job in that book. The, uh, the new divine feminine to help us to have a new story and to help us understand the feminine in a whole new light than the one we've that's been sort of perpetuated down through the centuries, not only in the Western world, but in the Eastern world as well, where women's rights mm-hmm. have been tampered down, tampered down for centuries and centuries. And we've, uh, we've lost our sense of power. Uh, we've lost our Absolutely. sense of power. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you so much, uh, Megan, for being on the show today. I really appreciate the book that you've written and the intelligence that you bring to this whole issue. And I'm so glad that you're doing the things that you're doing to help our collective come to greater consciousness of the divine feminine. Uh, So thank you for that. And thank you for being here on the show today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, and my apologies for the technological difficulties, but I'm glad we got got some good conversation in. (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed. And and so this is the end of our show today. So uh, remember that your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week 